Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Cigars and Syndications. Uh, my name is Junaid Noor. I'm here with my co-host, Robbie Rogers. Uh, you know, our passion is real estate and cigars. And so we thought we'd, we'd put it all together and uh, uh, smoke a nice cigar and talk about some real estate. So what are you smoking today, Robbie? Uh, we're smoking the Cuivari. Um, it's a, a Turo uh, 6x54. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, which it's a, the wrapper, binder, and filler, all Nicaraguan. Um, it is it is really a good smoke. It starts off really uh, with a lot of cocoa. Um, it's, a, it's a really good, strong smoke right now. I'm really liking it. And this is a sun-grown Maduro wrapper, uh, and especially it being a Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan sun-grown Maduro wrapper. It it is very bold. It's very. Uh, I get a little bit of spice in the back, but that that cocoa just jumps at you uh, as soon as you light it up. Yeah, no, I I got the same. I got the same smoke. Uh, it's uh, the same draw from it. Really good draw. Um, excited to to get through this cigar. It uh, it seems like it's going to be a really solid smoke. So today we're going to talk about uh, how to how to look out for bad deals, and uh, you know I want to I want to start off by saying that there's a difference between a scam and a bad deal. Um, you know, a scam is much more intentional. Uh, a bad deal is, you know, somebody did not intend to lose money, but they wind up losing money because they didn't have the experience or they didn't have the team or they didn't have the due diligence uh, for many of those reasons. And then, you know, we'll go through some of those things in detail. Yeah. I mean, it's really, um, sometimes hard to spot a bad deal or a scam. Um, some of the key indicators are just look for, for things that don't make sense. The, the, if it, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Um, just pay attention and, and, and try to learn who your partners will be on the project. Try to learn what their experience is with the, with the project at hand and, and really look out for those key indicators that is this really too good to be true? So let's start off with what a scam is. Um, so a scam is more intentional and a scam, lots of times you won't even know. So let's take, you know, Bernie Madoff, right? Because he, Netflix just released a documentary and he's in the news all the time or he was in the news all the time, but Bernie Madoff, that was a scam. And there was no way for anybody to figure out it was a scam. It was intentional. He took money. He didn't invest it. But he falsified documents. He had a whole team of people just falsifying documents and handing statements to their investors saying, this is how much money you're making every month. And people are looking at it going, well, I have no reason to, to deny. And then he had the perfect cover, right? He actually had a securities firm of his own. Uh, and he, where he was trading securities, he, had, you know, he was on Wall Street. He was well known on Wall Street. And then he just kind of decided to divert and and take money from from investors from his uh, uh, his his it was called a uh, investment advisory firm. So people who invested in the investment advisory firm, he received that money and he just basically spent it. And you know, scams just goes to show you that scams, if they're well thought out and they're intentional, they're very difficult to catch. Yeah, no, I can see that. And and it's um, you know, it's terrible that those things happen, but they do happen. And and as much as you have to look out for scams, you really um you have to look out for those potential bad deals. Uh and and they may be just as passionate 
and just not recognize that that they're leading you down the wrong path. So some of the things that I look out uh, when I'm looking at a deal as to whether it's a good deal or a bad deal, uh, one of the things that I like to look for is a track record. You know, uh, the the person who I'm investing with or the firm that I'm investing with, show me a track record. Uh, show me what you've done. Um, you know, how long have you been doing it? Show me your 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 case studies. Show me your success stories. I think that's one of the the main things that I look for when I'm looking for uh, somebody to invest with. Yeah, that's right. And 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 in some cases, these things uh, they morph and and they form new partnerships and and have new deals. And but you have to look at each of the individual partners and what they bring to the table as well. So you know, look up the the individuals that are part of the group and and see what their past experiences are and and their success rate. And and again, if they're making ludicrous promises um, with with large returns or, or very quick returns, you know, proceed with caution. The other thing that I look out for is, you know, just your common sense, right? Uh, uh, some of these, um, one of the reasons that we had a large jump in multifamily valuations is because uh, people who are buying them are projecting, you know, 15 and 20% rental growth every year for the next 10 years. And, you know, common sense, the the just a smell test basically says that that is not sustainable. There's no way just because they've done it uh, in the in the past four or five years that you can sustain 15 or 20% growth on rent for the next 10 years. Right. And sometimes it's just, it's a snapshot and, and people get in a market that gets hot and, and for three or four or five years, they do have those, those types of growth, but, but to extend those into year five, six, seven, it, it's un, unreasonable to have those expectations on, on any return. And, and well, see, but here's the thing, right? When you invest in a market and you go and buy a, a, a property or multifamily in a market, or even if you're investing in the stock market, you cannot time the market. If you invest with a conservative outlook, and then, you know, if you invest thinking, I'm going to get 4 or 5% rent growth, and then you get 15%, that's great. But if you're expecting 15%, and then you wind up with even 12, you're losing money. You're losing because you may have overpaid for the, the, the property. Yeah, I think I think a conservative approach to the underwriting is is always the safest bet. Um, look for for somebody that just takes that same growth across the board uh, and, and has no variances in and no effort put into to really trying to capture what what the actual rent increases might be or or what changes might occur. Uh, don't don't just go with it straight across the board for four or five years. You know, look into those types of things and then you see those types of repetition, you know, maybe bike away, maybe shy away or 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 ask them some tougher questions. And you know, case studies are very important, you know, and I'll tell you uh you know, my dad uh who was uh, a uh, first generation immigrant uh, would always be faced with these propositions where people would come up and say, hey, you know, we've got this investment and we've got that investment. And what they would do is they would throw out these returns. Oh, yeah, you could double your money in six months. And a lot of people, you know, fall for that. Um, or, you know, somebody came up to him and said, hey, you know what, we're going to we're going to purchase scrap metal from Russia and we're going to send it to India and we don't have to put any money up. And we're going to just make a commission in, 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 in between. Well, you know, 
that's just too many red flags, right? I mean, you're going to make money. Someone's going to let you make money without putting any money up, without taking any risk. Um, why isn't everybody doing it? Yeah, I think, and I think you have to protect yourself legally with, with contracts and, and kind of shy away from the, the handshake deals, unless it's somebody that you're, that you know intimately. I wouldn't do a handshake deal. Make sure these guys are documented. Make sure everything's in writing. Have your lawyer look over it. it it's worth every penny you spend, you know, to make sure that your money is, is, is protected. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think even, <laughs> even if you had a, a, a contract, you're going to be able to enforce anything in Russia from here. You know, I I don't think that's just going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> well, so far this uh, this is a really good smoke. This Kuravari is um, is exceeding my expectations. It's kind of a smaller boutique uh, cigar. Um, excellent, excellent flavor. Great draw. Nice even burn. Um, I'm really I'm really liking it and getting a a real strong. Uh, cocoa and 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 maybe just a little cedar or or woodsy uh, aftertaste. Really good, really good smoke. Yeah, it's really mellowing out. The first uh, at, at, when I first lit it, it was uh, it was like wow, it was just cocoa and spice. A very bold cigar, but now it's mellowing out, and it's a it's a very very smooth smoke. And it actually, it's not bad for the price. Yeah, no, for the price point, it is it's exceptional. And I'm really uh, really glad you brought this one today, Jay. You know, back to to bad deals and and some things you really have to watch out for nowadays is just even how you wire your money. Um, I don't know if anybody's aware of the the mortgage uh, scams that are going on. I mean, people are emailing back and forth with the their title companies and they're getting wire instructions and and they look really authentic and and they actually know the numbers because they've captured the emails and and they're sending random wiring instructions uh the day before closings um with the correct amounts and people are wiring this money and it disappears it's gone um and and this is a global economy this is a global world investment is global and and you're sending your investment monies from San Francisco for for a project in Houston or or for a project in Dubai and and you know you really need to make certain you know where your money's going and 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 who's going to be in control of it so one of the other things actually that I want to talk about um, regarding how to, to spot a bad deal is, um, and this is a thing that Buffett always, uh, Warren Buffett is always uh, pushing on, is that make sure you understand the industry, right? Make sure you understand what you're getting into. Um, you know, one of my first deals um, was a gas station. Uh, and what happened was that... Um, I was sitting at home one day in Chicago and opened up the Sunday paper. And at that time, you know, we didn't have the internet. So we opened up the Sunday paper and there was a, 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 a commercial real estate auction happening within a couple of weeks. And so they had listed a bunch of different types of properties. And one of them was a gas station. And I'm just like, Oh, this looks interesting. So <clears throat> didn't know that much about gas stations. Actually, I didn't know anything about gas stations, but I had somebody who was a friend of my dad's who had about, uh, he, he owned like 60 or 70 of them. So he knew how to run them. He knew everything about them. Um, so I talked to him a little bit and, uh, I went to this auction and I bid on this gas station and nobody else was bidding on this gas station. And I was like, Oh my God, what, why isn't anybody bidding on this gas station? Well, I had talked to him previously, uh, this friend of my dad and he had told me 
some of the points to look out for. And he told me the price point, right? He said, look, you know, if it comes up to this point, buy it after that, walk away. Nobody else was bidding on it. I was the only one. So I got it at a great deal. So I won this gas station. I put down my deposit to, you know, from the auction. And of course we have about, uh, I think 60 days they gave us to come up with the money or 30 days. I don't even remember. Um, so I put this deposit down and I go, okay, well, Hey, I, I come home and I tell my wife, we bought a gas station. And she was like, we did what? Yeah, we bought a gas station. She's like, what are you going to do with the gas station? I'm like, I have no idea. So I called up my dad's friend and I said, Hey, you remember that gas station we were talking about? Well, I got it. He goes, how much did you get it for? And so I told him the price. And he goes, I'll give you $50,000 or more. I'll take you off your hands next week. So that happened to be a good deal, but it could have been a very bad deal had I not known somebody who knew the industry. I didn't know the industry. I would have been stuck with it. Yeah, no, I had a, I had a very similar situation to that um, as well. And, and uh, being young and dumb and rushing in and, and, a friend of mine convinced me that uh, we were going to buy a, a couple acres and we were going to build uh, some some townhomes in the Galleria. And this was way back in the early 90s and uh, things were starting to, to cool off a little bit. But we got a, a good deal on a piece of property and had never done anything like this before. And we jumped in and uh, we were struggling with permitting and civil and all that. And, and very similar to your situation, we had a gentleman that owned the property around us. He came in. And he bought the property out from under us, and then he ended up developing it. But we made a friendship with him, and, and I did business deals with him for 10 or 15 years after that. And and one of those things that a potential bad deal that actually turned into a good deal. Um, and and I, in hindsight, you know, I learned a lesson that make sure you, you've done your due diligence, make sure that you know what direction you're going to head before you're, you're having to pay uh, loan payments. Uh, it really can, can really be stressful situation. And, and I came out on the, on the bright side of that, fortunately. So did you, did you wind up making money on that deal? We did. We made a little bit of money on that deal. Um, just because he actually needed the property for an additional access to his, to his community. Yeah. Well, you know, to our listeners, uh, that was just luck. And we hoped that we could find somebody and hope is really, you know, I've said this many, many times, hope is not a strategy. Um, you know, when you walk into an investment, uh, always have an exit strategy, right? What, how, how am I going to exit this? Am I going to exit in five years or am I going to exit in one year? Um, how am I going to exit? Am I going to exit by selling it to somebody else? Or am I going to buy more, accumulate a portfolio and, and exiting out of this? Yeah, and, and I've actually seen in some of the um, probably more reputable groups that put some of these uh, REITs together and some of these commercial developments, uh, they actually have some some ability for you to to back away from a project in the event that there's a catastrophic event or, or something like that. And those clauses might be something that that you may want in your in your um, portfolio. You might want to look into those uh, clauses in case you do need to exit. Another thing I wanted to touch on is uh, the the concept of well, in, in or, uh, risk and reward, right? Everybody always says, in order to get a high reward, you need to take high risk. And, you know, in my years of experience, I have not found that to be true. You can get high rewards uh, with low risk as well. But you, what I found is that those types of deals are far and few in between. And 
You just have to be patient and you have to just look for the right deal. Uh, just because it's high risk doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a high reward. Right. And in some cases, even if you're not expecting a big return and you get a big return, uh, you know, I mean, you've heard it before, oh, how you were lucky. And, and no, you actually, you created your own luck because you were still investing and still trying to grow your, your, you know, your funds. Yeah. You know, uh, um, an interviewer had asked Buffett, um, Buffett was in an interview and he basically said, you know, anybody could do what I do. And the interviewer said, well, why don't they do it? And Buffett responded, because they don't want to get, get rich slowly. They want to get rich fast. And there is no get rich fast. There's a chance you might hit something. You might get lucky. But as a strategy, it doesn't work overall. Yeah, no, I think consistency um, is is key to being successful in, in this in this business. The other thing I want to I want to also touch on when we're talking about bad deals is uh, a deal with that's very highly leveraged or with a lot of debt. Now, on a, on a, at a smaller scale, I've known people who will take out loans on their credit cards to go invest in Bitcoin or in stock. Not a very good idea. And the reason being is that that credit card debt, especially most all credit card debt, actually all credit card debt is on a variable interest rate. And with the Fed raising their interest rates, that rate is going to just keep increasing. And that debt service that you're going to have to make every month is going to get higher and higher and higher. Um, but going back to a real estate uh, uh, investment, if if the debt is very highly leveraged and you're you're talking to somebody who or you're going to invest with somebody who doesn't have the experience they're not going to know what to do in the event that things go south and that's one of those risk factors that you need to be aware of well hopefully everybody learned a little bit um about how to spot a potential scam or maybe a a bad deal uh, hopefully it helps you out a little bit in the future and where you put your money um regards to this smoke I, I mean two thumbs up this is a really good smoke it's um it is uh it's really got a lot of cocoa a lot of spice uh maybe a little leather as i'm getting a little further down into it uh nice smooth burn a good slow burn i would i would guess this would be an hour and a half smoke if you treat it right yeah no i really like this i really like the cocoa flavor uh the maduro wrapper for me you know, uh, I have to have a, I, I had a nice lunch and so I could not smoke this if I had not had a good lunch or if I just had salad for lunch. It's just too strong for me. But, uh, you know, you have a nice, nice, uh, uh, steak lunch or a pasta lunch and, uh, you have this Maduro smoke. It's, it's wonderful. Well, that's it for the podcast today. I hope, uh, hope to catch you on the next one. Hope everybody had a, um, a little bit of education in uh, real estate. Please uh, continue to watch us. Check us out on all our social medias. Check us out uh, on albanyparkcapital.com. If, uh, if you want to further your education, read some of our articles, leave some comments, uh, maybe suggest a smoke for us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Have a good day, everybody.